Welcome back to another episode of Sports Brothers Atlanta. We're so happy to have you here on this beautiful Friday. It's been a couple of weeks, but you guys know life is busy. Um, the world doesn't stop, even with a, with a global pandemic going on. Everybody's still got to find a way to work. And uh, so we're, we're glad that we could finally get back to going here. And uh, I got my partner here, Ro. Ro, how are we doing, man? You healthy? Everything good? Doing good, man. Can't complain. Just watching a lot of sports right now. Yeah, man, it's, uh, there's not much else to do, right? No, it isn't. <laughs> it's, different. It's, a, it's a different holiday season. Um, definitely feels different. No, uh, There's no Christmas parties to go to. You know, it's just uh, it's a different feeling. It sure is, man. I mean, it's a whole new world nowadays. You know, the virus is still uh, – numbers are still going up every day. Uh, people are still being hospitalized and still people are still passing away as well. But – and some people are still working part-time, you know, full-time. So it's a different world out here now. It's the mask world. Yeah. That's the call it. It's the mask world. And, uh, you know, hopefully there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's, you know, a lot of talks about um, vaccines rolling out here soon. So, I mean, the, re- the main reason I wanted is because, Ro, I want to get back into the stands, man. I want to watch some, I want to watch my sports teams. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other day when I got uh, in my email, I got, um, invitation to go to some of these Hawks games we're going to talk about here in a minute and uh they was asking me uh, a little questionnaire about how do I feel about having to be tested before uh that three days before the game uh when we get our tickets three days before the game get tested and um also how we how I feel about wearing masks and um social distancing at the game even though we still had we had the test and we have a negative test um and other people being tested how we feel about being other people being tested as well as as well at the game and um i went through that little survey i answered them all then i said okay and they gave me back they said cool so now and then they sent me the next email a day or two later to me okay we got tickets on sale for the suites and uh regular stands and we're only gonna put like two thousand people or something like that in the stands Mm. um social distancing everybody be separated and stuff like that i was like oh okay that's how they're gonna do it yeah and then you they say come at least an hour or so early because they're when you're waiting in line to get your ticket, you still have to be six feet away from the next person. Yeah, and I imagine they're still going to do uh, temperature checks and like a will. a really short questionnaire and stuff like that. Um, yeah, they but are. I'm I'm glad these sports teams are figuring out a way, man. Because you know we talked about it going all the way back, sticking with the NBA, talking about the bubble and how just unpleasant it was on the eyes to watch. Um, especially with the the Zoom people, almost made it worse than having an empty stadium, in my opinion. Um, it was just a really weird atmosphere. So I'm glad sports teams are kind of figuring ways out to do it and uh, get at least some people in there. But, I mean, let's stick with the Hawks. Their first preseason game is tonight against the Orlando Magic. Um, Very, very, very short offseason, especially for the teams that were in the bubble. Um, So, you know, what? do you think the Hawks have an advantage having a longer, I guess you can call it an offseason, because they stopped playing in March and they're about to pick back up here in December. That's, you know, that's nine months that they've had off. Yeah, I do. I do because not only are they well-rested, but they're also young. And the only, the only downfall of that is they, gotta, they got so many new pieces on the team that they're going to leave a little time to jail, but they better get it now. They got four preseason games to do it. Um, um, so they better – well, they got more than four preseason, but they got the ones right now, but – you know, they got two weeks, actually, because the season starts December 23rd for the Hawks. So, um, But the season starts December 22nd. So I think so because a lot of the teams that were in the bubble, they're still going to be tired, you know, from the bubble because that's exhausting uh, from the bubble, the veteran team. So they better take advantage of it and look at their schedule and say, okay, we got to get off to a good start, a fast start. So they get right. off to a good start and a fast start, then they'll do well. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, what do you – do you think the absence of the whole summer league aspect, do you think that's going to affect the younger guys more in the situation that we're in, especially uh, the rookies that we took in the draft? Yeah, they will. It'll affect them. But a lot of them not starting. Right. Uh, so they'll be coming off the bench. So they won't have a lot of bench help right away, you know. <laughs> They'll be at half, half steam for us coming off the bench. Um, certain players that do well coming off the bench because Gallinari will probably come off the bench. Rondo's going to come off the bench. Um, I imagine both of those two will, and they're veteran players, so they should do pretty well. So they at least have 
And then we got Solomon Hill. He'll probably come out. He'll come out the bench. We'll have uh, none. Uh, done. So those guys are veterans. So they'll be well. But the rookies, yeah, it's going to affect them some, like the draft picks and the and the uh, younger guys. So yeah. But as far as the veterans starting, they'll be just fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, I believe that the Hawks open up on the twenty third. I'm pretty sure it's the Chicago Bulls, correct? Yeah. That they're yeah, facing against. Okay. So I mean. On the road. Uh, yeah, it is on the road. You get a, I mean, what I would consider an, an easier game. Um, at least you don't have to start out with the Bucks or something like that. So, oh, um, no, thank God. You know, you can get a game in there and get it, get it under your feet. Um, just scrolling through the Hawks website right here, um, going back to the whole fans aspect, it looks like they're going to start with just friends and family of the players on the team. And then they okay. did make a statement that they're going to try to allow a limited capacity for the Martin Luther King game. So that's in the middle of January yeah. somewhere. So uh, yeah. that'd be cool. And I've seen a couple teams do it. I think the Pelicans said they're allowing like a thousand or something people in there to start the season. So, um, but yeah, man, I mean, last time we talked, we haven't, you know, we didn't get to speak about any of the additions of the free agents that the Hawks no, we did, did sign. And no, I mean, didn't. and what I would consider the best off season that the Hawks have had, at least, in my 23 years of existence, um, just because of being able to finally add some really good depth to this team to go along with this young core. Um, so the biggest one I would talk about to start first is Bogey, which is Bogdanovich. Um, yeah. the, Kings, the Kings did not pick up the option or they didn't offer the match that the Hawks gave them. So, um, bad move for them. Bad, bad move. Um, and there was rumors coming out, too, that the Hawks were even talking about a possible three-team trade before they went ahead and straight-up offered them and gave the Kings a chance to match them, which is really stupid on the Kings' part because then they could have got yeah. something in return. They could, uh, and they didn't. Stupid. But, I mean, what, what do you think Bogey kind of adds to this team? Because, in my opinion, it's almost like adding a more elusive Kevin Herter. Um, what do you think as far as his, you know, his ability to really contribute? I think a shooting and spreading the floor is going to be better than Kevin Herter. Actually, I think he's more consistent, consistent for his outside shot and uh, outside shot and, and the three-point shot. I think he's going to be a little bit more consistent and he's a little bit more experienced player also as well. Um, I just think he's like an upgraded Herter to yeah. the 10th power, to the 10th power. Yeah. Only my only concern when they uh, signed him as far as defense. Um as you know, we talked about that all last season, defense, defense, defense. I was like, man, this guy's not going to bring a whole lot defensively. But, yeah, again, maybe he can. But, you know, they don't really need a whole lot of offense. But they got more offensive power but less defensive power. They brought in a couple guys that, you know, for his defense. But Bogdanovich really ain't been known for a stellar defensive player. I mean, if he can just, you know, if he can play good team defense, that would be great. Yeah, and I want and I want to see how many minutes he's going to get. But I think at that shooting guard spot, he's going to do very well alongside Trey Young, though, because he's going, to, like I said, going to spread the floor, and they they won't double team Trey either. Right. Yeah, and I think that's that's the biggest thing. Give him give him somebody else to worry about. Because um, I mean, yeah. Trey Young didn't really struggle much at all last year, but I found the games that he did, he was having a lot of extra pressure, whether that was the double team. Um, or just a good, really defensive scheme against this Hawks team, which we all said they can score points with everybody. Um, so Bogdanovich definitely adds to the offensive side of it. And I think that, you know, the real sleeper pick, or not even a pick, just a, a coaching change in itself was the Nate McMillan hire. And because, um, like you said, we don't need any one-on-one lockdown guys. We just need a better – we just need better schematics for this defense. We need it to flow better because they do look lost at times especially when those teams went on that, those 12-0, 14-0 runs against them. They just look clueless out there. So hopefully, you know, McMillan can kind of add to that, uh, add and yeah, contribute to that defensive side. Yeah, because some of them can play good individual defense, and they have at times, but the, the team defense has been lacking as a whole unit. They've been just looking like they're deer and hair lights out there. <laughs> and yeah. teams put up 130, 140 points on them, even though they score a lot of points too, so. These are people who understand team defense and working together defensively. Yeah. I mean, if the, if the Hawks can just hold, hold other teams to somewhere between 100 and 110, you've got to like the Hawks' chance just because you know they can go out there and if it's flowing, they can put up 130, 140. 
you know. I expect to move from move away from last place and defensively in the league yeah. Into yeah. last place, man. Oh, I would hope so. You can't terrible. go any further down. So <laughs> I'd like to see him at least in the top 18, 16, somewhere in there, 15, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. That'd be a big improvement from last place. Yeah, for sure. Uh, a couple other guys. Um, Gallinari did sign. He looks like he's going to be more of the sixth man role from what I've been reading and what I've understood. Um, me too. I like that role for him because you need somebody off too. the bench and keep everything flowing. Yeah. That's good. He's an experienced player and he can score too, boy. Yeah, I like he, him better. He can, he can I like shoot, him a he lot. Can score. Yeah. I like him a lot. Um, that's one of my favorite pickups they got. So yeah. even though he, you know, he doesn't help a lot defensively as well, but for us keeping scoring going while Trey Young rests, I think that's a great move. Yeah. And then yeah. another big one that I, it was big news, but I think it's really undervalued for what he's going to be able to bring to the team is Rajon Rondo. Um, very, oh, I mean, he, very seasoned. That's a huge. You know, a, a true veteran um, to, to go me, behind Trey Young. Yeah, to me, that's a huge pickup. That's probably the, after Gallinari, that's probably about the second hugest pickup to me. It ain't because of his um, athletic abilities on the court because – you know, that's fading away after you've been playing in the league 15 years, you know, that starts to go away. But you got to think about a two-year contract and, and what the price they got for him and his knowledge of the game. And he wants to be a coach anyway. So I'm telling you, him teaching Trey Young, man, and helping that young group of uh, guards play defense, better defense, and also see the court better and uh, know what to look for defensively and how to break through that, that's going to be huge, real yeah. huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's almost uh, it, it's very similar, and it's not quite the same. But I think of you know what Vince kind of was to these younger guys as well, and the knowledge that he brought, and then you know Ronda, who clearly has a little more left in the tank than Vince did, um, but can provide the same kind of knowledge, especially more to the to the guard aspect, especially Trey, um, when you're talking yeah. about just defense as a whole. Right. Exactly. I agree. So, Definitely. I think um, it's going to be huge. And then Chris Dunn, we've already talked about him. He signed as well. Um, yep, I like that. I like that move defensively. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I From a defensive standpoint, he's a good defensive player. So I've been hollering about lack of defense all the time. So I really think he's going to help the, uh, the guards defensively, uh, not only from on the court, but off the court also as well, because Dunn can really, in practice, they can re- he can really, really help a yeah. lot of the young people like Cam Reddish and uh, Hunter, DeAndre Hunter, which we ain't talking about. I think he can help those guys too as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, it's all, we also haven't talked last time since the NBA draft. Um, I know we talked about it on the phone a little bit, but um, first-round pick on Yeka Kongwu um, from USC, big-body guy, looks pretty athletic. Um, it sucks when you get these West Coast guys because, unfortunately, they play so late in the evening that, don't really get to watch it's the same way with college football too but from from the stuff i've seen um he looks like a really young and talented guy yeah a lot of people don't get to watch uh, Kanye play when he was at usc but um he's 6'9 235 pounds man i mean he's a good rim protector and shot blocker and he's young and athletic i think he's gonna be great defensively so that's gonna fall right into what i'm talking about again coming off the bench uh giving some defensive presence there i think that'd be great you know, especially he can play multiple. He can play the power forward and a center position both. So I was about to say you can you can switch in between the four and the five, um, which is help out Collins. He can help out Collins and Capella, both who will be the stars. Them two will be at the power forward and center spot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, the second round pick, I've got to see this guy play a ton, uh, mainly because he was at LSU. But Skylar Mays, Skylar is, yeah, Skylar Mays is the guy that they took with the second round pick and. Um, you, you just think? you just talk about somebody who it looks like he's been he, he's going to look like he's been in the league a long time just because of his intelligence, man. I mean, he uh, he has a pre-med degree. Um, he's very smart. He's a very bright young guy. And um, just his his ability to make plays when it mattered the most was the biggest thing that stood out to me. Um, he was on the LSU team that made it to the Sweet 16 a couple of years ago in the NCAA uh-huh. tournament. And um and he just went when the crunch time came or they needed a big run, he always seemed like the guy that would step up. You know, he's not a big guy. He's six foot four, six foot five. Um, you can kind of float him between the point guard and the shooting guard position. And he is going to be a little undersized for the shooting guard position. But I mean, 
just really good athleticism. He's going to play scrappy defense. And he's just a, he's a guy that you want on your team because you can count on him to, to always give you 100% effort, you know. And those guys, it seems as the days go on, it gets harder and harder to find those kind of uh, selflessness guys, you know, out there to, to really put it all out in the court for you. Yeah, I'm real interested and real excited to see this young man play, definitely. But I know he's probably going to play a lot more G League games than uh, NBA games, I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> it's going to be hard to get some minutes <laughs> this year <clears throat> for him off the bench. So hopefully next year he'll get a lot more minutes. But this year he probably they're going to be strapped tight with minutes because you got other players on the on the uh, roster who who's shown great strides too, like Goodwin. Yeah, you know, Goodwin's still there. So so he's not going to get more minutes than Goodwin. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, and Skyler would have gotten a lot more chances to play, but the Hawks are in. I wouldn't say a pressured situation, but there, there's got to be some type of sense of urgency to get these guys to the playoffs. Um, not only for to keep guys like John Collins and, and Trey alive and their spirits in good health, but also just to be able to attract big free agents, I think, in the next coming years, because you're going to have a, a duo in Collins and Trey Young that is, it's got to be attractive to almost anybody that plays in this league because you know of their abilities, you know how young they are, and you feel like you could really help out that team. And I think that, you know, when you get these big-time free agents, that's the kind of stuff that they look for. So if you can get them in the playoffs, it you know, it kind of boosts that resume a little bit. Yeah, because, you know, they got a lot of other guards on the team, and they, they just look like they didn't just threw away Kevin Herter, you know. I know. And, you know, he was the starter for, for a minute. Now you're going to be – Deep, deep, deep in the bench. You ain't going to be, like, on the bench. You're going to be deep, like, third string bench. <laughs> it's like you went from first string to third string now, mm-hmm. you know. So that's going to probably be mentally hard for him. But he's still a good off uh, three-point threat. So they can use him as a three-point shooter. Yeah, man. That would be, be a good role for him. I would still like to see him get a, a good a good bit of minutes with the second team, at least in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know as far as Gallinari's capability of playing the small forward position. Um, but I, you got to be able to sneak Kevin in there a little bit just because, like you said, he's a sharpshooter. If he gets hot, yeah, he it, could be, it could be a really good day for him. Um, yep, he can. And, he, and he, he plays hard, and I think he plays good defense as well. So even when you get in those tight situations at the end of the games, I'd feel comfortable with him being out there, you know. Yeah, the coaches really have a, a, a good, hard decisions to make for minutes for these players, especially these guards, because they got a lot of guards. Mm-hmm. Quite a bit, and you know, Snell. They they, they signed Snell too as well. So, yeah. um, Tony Snell is a good defense player too. So, you know, but he's going to be out the first preseason game because he got a flame foot. But they really need him to get out there and get some minutes with the with these boys too as well. But Goodwin, I'm telling you, he was showing some progress last year. I'm telling you, he's oh, I be love really him, good. Man. I thought I thought the season going or shutting down was the worst thing that could happen because I was I was really looking forward to Goodwin and what he was going to be able to do. Um, you know where you're from, don't you? You know where you, mm-hmm. you know where you're a Georgia boy, right? Norcross, oh, yeah. right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was a, that's a that's a good keeper there. So I'm glad they they keep it kept him. But in the front, let's go to the front court, Matt. Um, all, only concern I got with the front court is they're giving up a lot of height. Yes. So I guess they're gonna play a lot of small ball. I guess, huh? Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna have. That means you've got. Collins six foot uh, six foot eight right six foot eight six foot nine something like mm-hmm. that um, yeah so yeah I mean they are going to be on the smaller side in the front court um, you know I guess that's where somebody like Onyeka could really step in if when he gets in some minutes you know um, like you said he's got really good shot blocking ability and he's a good rim protector so you know hopefully that, yeah. I mean he's got good athleticism so he can get up there but like you said he is lacking a little bit of size. Yeah, I think uh, Capella's going to take up a lot of minutes. He's 16, but I think they're going to be looking at this guy, uh, Fernando, a lot too. You know, he did all right last year. He's 6'9". I think he's going to get some minutes too as well, Fernando will. They kept him for a reason, so I think he's going to do pretty well, even though he was a second-round pick last year by Philly. But I think he's going to be really good for his defensive presence. Mm-hmm. Um, but – they got him listed as forward slash center, so yeah, I think that's where he's going to be. He's going to be back and forth too as well. 
you know, so definitely because we don't know how how healthy Capella's going to stay. Yeah. So that's why they real thin at the, at the big man position, real thin. Yeah. So what do you – I and mean, you, what are you thinking as far as the starting lineup? I mean, what are you, what are you predicting? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because I see a lot of reporters throwing in their hat who should start. Um and a lot of a lot of reports. I I looked at least about ten different starting starting lineups for the Hawks uh, so far, from Instagram to Facebook and whatnot. But my my pick for starters would probably more likely be, of course, Trey Young and um, Bogdanovich. Those two definitely a lock for starter in the backcourt for me. In the front court, it's not going to be as easy for me, uh, simply because I I like Cam Reddish, um, I like Hunter. Uh, definitely, uh, um, definitely, Collins going to start for me for the power forward position, um, and definitely Capella for the center position for me. Now, the problem I'm going to have is at the small forward position. Um, but if I had to take a toss up between, it would have to be a, a toss up between Hunter and Reddish. And to me, when I saw the season end last year, I say about the last 20 games or so, I saw more of a um, a better output from Reddish than I did yep. from Hunter. Yep. Uh, I did. I thought he started to come along a lot better offensively and defensively. I thought he started, you know, averaging more in double figures, more consistently. So, and I saw Hunter still struggle a little bit more, but you saw flashes of uh, a Hunter and their uh, goodness in him. But uh, for us, consistently, I say Reddish. Yeah. That would I be agree. in my small forts far, and I'll have Hunter come off the bench. I agree. I think, I think Cam, like I said, the season shutting down was just horrible for these young guys, but I think Cam was really getting into his own groove. And I, I agree. I probably, I would go Trey Bogdanovich, Reddish Collins, and then Capello's who I'd roll with. Um, and then you got to be floating Gallinari in and out of there for a decent bit of minutes. Hunter's yeah. got to get in there for a good decent bit of minutes. I'd like to see him yeah. get in there, even though he's young. Um, yep. So that's what I would roll with. Yep. Yeah, them guys going to get good minutes. And I like to see Rondo not get too many minutes because, you know, he's injury-prone these last few years. So I'll say about a good 10 to 13 minutes for him a game. And I think that would still help out a lot, you know. So and still give these other young guys some minutes too because you got to get done in there defensively um, for the backcourt. So they, they're deeper in the backcourt for his minutes than in the front court, you know, so – uh, but no, don't trade Collins. I know a lot of people, uh, all the reports, everybody's trying to beg them and, and get them to trade Collins. I don't like that right now. Uh, see what Collins is going to do for us getting an extension. Uh, first of all, they got the money to sign him to an extension, and he wants the max, but I wouldn't just trade him because you you don't know chemistry-wise what the next superstar that they try to pick is going to fit their chemistry of the team, what they're trying to do right now. And college right now, I think he fits. Yeah, do I think he needs to get better a little bit more defensively? Yeah, but he's a good, solid shooter and rebounder. You know, guy averages 21 points and 10 boards. It's no slouch. He's still a star to me in the league at that because he's got a lot of double-doubles. And any too many players in the league get more double-doubles than him. And he's only 23 years old. So, no, I wouldn't trade him away because eventually he's going to be a star in the league. And the Hawks, see, well, I say the Atlanta team, they got a good habit of getting rid of players and they become superstars once they mm-hmm. leave here. <laughs> I don't know how they just do. And I can see if they let him get away, he's going to be a superstar going to multiple all-star games. And I don't like that, you know, just to get a uh, – if you go – the only person, there's only one player in the league that I could see that would probably be a good match for, good match for the Atlanta Hawks if you're going to get rid of one player for me. One, if you're going to trade him. And I wouldn't even trade him still even for this person, but I would sign this person as a free agent. I think you know who I'm talking about. One, he'll be a free agent next year. Mm-hmm. And I would try to sign him for Milwaukee. <laughs> but, hey, the Greek freak, man, I think, boy, he would great for the, with that team. Uh, really, him and Trey Young will probably take Hawks to multiple conference finals. Yeah, I would agree for sure. Definitely, um, and that's the only place, the only player I can see that I'm doing sign and trade uh, with Collins in in that package. You know, and probably like Kevin Herter in that package or something like that. Um, 
and nobody's really talking about that. And maybe a, a draft pick in that in, in that talks as well too. I think that'd be, and I think Milwaukee will go for that sign and train if he chooses not to stay with Milwaukee. Right. But you know, but that only way I I'll go with that 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 would look good to be for financially. Yeah, because Milwaukee, I mean, you got a top you got a top three player in the league. You gotta you gotta be able to get something for him if you think he's gonna walk. So that that only player I trade for anybody else, I can't see it happening. I don't yeah. see that a good move. I think that'd be a good move for Milwaukee and for the Hawks, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I don't see no big drop off. I think Colin Steele, even with Milwaukee, still gets you a lot of all star appearances, regardless. You know, so hey, definitely. So that's my thoughts. Yep. So like we said, guys, uh, first preseason game is tonight. They got two with the Magic. I'm not sure who the other two are against, but their season does start against the Chicago Bulls on the 23rd. Um, so definitely looking forward to that. Um, moving forward, talk a little bit about the Falcons. Not so much about the past couple of games because nobody, quite frankly, really wants to talk about that. Um, but, you know, just kind of moving forward and what do we see in the future? Obviously, we're going to be in the market for a new head coach and a new general manager. Um, so that's me and Ro are gonna. That's a, that's a yeah yeah. Go ahead. Go that's ahead. a fact. That's that's a fact. <laughs> definitely. And at first, I was thinking about the head coach to stay, but I don't know about now. No nah, man, I uh, think I really don't. Mm-mm. I don't want, and everybody says this too. I don't want any leftover parts from Dan Quinn. I I want to I want it completely fresh. I don't want any pieces here that was that was attached to him. Oh, that that goes fans out there. That goes for. Offensive coaches, defensive coaches, head coaches, general managers, play callers. <laughs> yeah, dump them all. I want, I want all of them out, and I want, I want that general manager and the head coach to come in and build their own team. I don't want any leftover pieces. Um, I think the only shot Raheem Morris had at staying was he would, have, in my opinion, he would have had to go undefeated or one loss and make the playoffs. So. I agree. That's the only reason why I would keep him. And they have. Had- there's not much that's changed, bro. Go ahead, but there's not much that's changed from this team. Yeah, a lot of the problems is, is personal too, as well the players too, as well. Some of the players got to go. Um, they do really, and really their biggest drawback is on the defensive side. Man, the boys can't play no defense to save their life, can they? No. They their secondary it sucks. They got to be last in the league. I ain't. Last time I checked, they were at the bottom of the barrel, but they got or they're terrible. And, and it all affects all. It's all offense. It's all started up front too. We have zero pass rush. Um, obviously, Tack McKinley's gone. That was a bright side, but um, we signed Dante Fowler. He has been non-existent on the defense. Marlon Davidson's been bouncing on, on and off the reserve and COVID list, and he hasn't gotten any minutes. Haven't seen anything from him. So that was our second round draft pick this year. Um, so yeah, I mean, it all starts up there. I do. I do say I. I like the. I like the growth that I've seen from AJ Terrell. I think he's I, stepped, get rid I, of him. I think he stepped up in some big time moments and I, I like what I've seen from week to week, him kind of stepping up. I like him too a lot. And I don't think they I think they should keep that. I think he's gonna get better as time goes on. Definitely and I, and I like him there on that on that defense. Uh, he shows some some really good some really good skill sets to what he got definitely to me. So I think that's one bright spot for the future for them. And I think that was a good draft pick. So, uh, ask off to him. But he's got some really good – I think uh, Jared, they gave him too much money. And now he's injury prone. <laughs> and Fowler is out too as well this week. You got Fowler out with hamstring. You got uh, Jared out with growing injury. But, hey, man, I'm just saying these guys oh, – I like Jones too. So, uh, as a linebacker, I would keep him. He's the only other bright spot for me. Uh, you know, I like Deion Jones, so I wouldn't really necessarily let him, but he, his counterparts on on both sides of him need to go. Definitely. His counterparts need to go. And they still suck at the running back spot. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I, it's, here we uh, go again. Here we go again. It's, it's a carousel. Um, luckily, we're getting a new head coach and a new general manager. Um, there's a lot of ideas being floated around out there. Um, Bellamy from Kansas City is obviously going to be one of the biggest targets for any coaches or for any organization looking for coaches this offseason. Um, obviously, with the 
you know, what the Chiefs have been able to do there um, is remarkable. Obviously, that's a big part of the quarterback play himself. Um, but that's obviously going to be a big target. Uh, there's a lot of different ideas as far as general managers because um, there's a lot of different aspects that you can bring in. So I don't know. We don't, we're, not, we're not here calling for specific coaches um, and general managers. We're, we're talking about what do we want in the future. And for me to start, I want a general manager that does a better job drafting the players we need. And yes. I'm not saying that Dimitrov – because Dimitrov did – he hit on a couple, okay? Um, but these were obvious. So he hit on Julio Jones. He hit on Matt Ryan. He hit on Calvin Ridley. Uh, yeah, he did. But there's a lot of problems with the other draft picks that I have. Vic Beasley, Tack McKinley, yeah. guys yeah. like that. And look at what our biggest issue is. I just talked about it. It's pass rush, man. And we've missed on all of the picks that we've had where we try to go after those guys. That's the problem yeah, I got that problem with Dimitrov, too, as well. But the biggest problem stands out. That's probably my second biggest problem uh, from him. My first biggest problem him, he doesn't know how to pick the right coaches, coaching staff. They, they suck. Yeah. Quite frankly, dude, he doesn't do his homework well, well enough. He's, it, it's a, for Matt Ryan, it's been a coaching carousel. 13 years in the league, he's had many, many coaches, many coordinators, and I think that's it sucks. You know, he needs somebody who's solid, experienced, experienced head coach who brings in experienced staff who has a balanced a, a balance, uh, scheme of things from running back to passing, uh, the defensive scheme, which is not old and outdated. Uh, they, most of their defensive scheme been old and outdated and predictable as well, and they don't get after the, they don't get after the, uh, the quarterback as, as much. So they need to draft players who they go after to, put pressure on the quarterback on other teams because the NFC and the, the conference that they're in is really brutal. Mm-hmm. They got to find a way to get after the uh, pass rush on the quarterback. So though, and that all starts with the coaching staff. So for Dimitrov, that's the first thing, glaring problem I see for us. And then the second is drafting players. Uh, some of the players have been a lot of duds. <laughs> and like you said, Matt, they drafted players who they like, not versus what they need. And you really need to uh, – the coaches that you hire, you really need to get their input uh, for drafting them and see if they fit into the system. Like Belichick has done for the last 20-some years, he picks the players who fit into his system offensively and defensively. Not – you know, a lot of players, you know, look like team, they'd be no-name players. You'd be like, huh? Yeah. They're not that good. Where they come from? I don't know that player's name. But they fit into the system and they continue to – work that system, and they end up making a conference championship every year. Yep. And that comes from a good GM. And we got to know Belichick is, you know, works well with the GM they have for his drafting the players. So there you go. Um, one thing I want to bring up, I know it's starting to seep out now um, to a lot of media outlets, and I've been talking about this for a while, and a lot of people have been really ragging on me. Um, but I want to see Matt Ryan go and also Julio Jones. I love Julio Jones. One of my favorite players out of Alabama, but it's probably time to break that tandem up. Um, offense, I think it's time. I know it'd be a sad funeral, but it's time. It's time. You gave them guys too much money on the back end, um, even though they deserved it, but it's going to be hard and harder, probably harder to move Matt Ryan versus Jones. I think it'd be easier to, because he got less time. So, I think it'd be pretty easy to move Jones for us, Matt Ryan, but I do think it's time to draft another quarterback. Yeah, I do you know, too. For the future. And I really, really like the kid from BYU, Zach Wilson. Uh, a little bit I of do. a sleeper just because, obviously, the front runners in it's, it's Mac Jones, uh, Trevor Lawrence, yeah. Justin Fields. Uh-huh. And Kyle Trask is up there, too, at Florida. Um, yeah, yeah, he's so up those, there. Those are, those are big guys, and so – you could I, – I feel like you could get Zach Wilson from BYU in maybe the, sec, maybe the second or third round. I think um, you can. So, I think – I mean, what do you have to lose at this point? I mean, Matt has – you know, I don't like people disrespecting him on the Twitter world and all of that good stuff because what he's been able to do for this organization with what he's had 
And you talk about some of the years he had where he was just brutally punished because of a horrible offensive line and then a lot of injuries at the wide receiver position. What he's been able to do, man, he's a clear lock for the Hall of Fame. It doesn't matter about oh, yeah. it's, yeah. it doesn't even matter about championships. He's going to be top five in every single passing statistic in the NFL history. He is when it comes to the Hall of Fame, they they don't look at that. They they don't look at championship. They look at your your statistics and how consistent you've been over the years in the league. That's what they look at. Right, but it is time to to take somebody under his wing and kind of grow and develop. And I I don't like wasting a first round pick on it, but I am okay with a second or a third round pick on a guy that you think is going to work. Um, I, I do too, Matt. I mean, you look at some of the guys that have been taken that late. Uh, the biggest one that stands up to me is Russell Wilson, taken in the third round. Um, yep. yep, so I, sure it is. There, there are guys out there. Okay, The greatest quarterback probably of all time got taken in the sixth round out of Michigan. So um, I thought last year they should have drafted a quarterback and then somebody to start, yeah. Matt, to start grooming. Yeah, and, but I, I really love this quarterback group coming in this draft class. I think there's a lot of good players. Well, you're going to have to get rid of Mitchell first, like you said, and get yep. to pick the right quarterback as a backup for the future. Yeah. Because uh, I could see this quarterback in the second or third round. In the next three or four more years, he will be starting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I yeah, said, because so Matt, that's a big next year, Matt, Yeah, Matt will be going to his 14th season next year. So I think, you know, maybe the next three, four more years he might be starter. But after that, I, I think you need to be bringing in a young fella. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And with Dimitrov gone and Quinn gone, that just makes this draft going to, it's going to be so much better. I think that whoever they pick, I think is going to have a better idea of what it is that they're trying to do. Um, I don't think the rebuild will take as long as a lot of people expect because we do already have some good young pieces. Um, and you've got a great receiving core. Um, you got an offensive line that is, is, is showing progress. They're still very young on that side. Um, all the guys on the right side, of the center are rookies. Um, so you got to take that into consideration as well. And yeah. this, this defense I'm, just needs a little bit of work, man. And they'll be okay. <clears throat> what do you think about moving Jones? Yeah, you got to, man. I think, I think at this point, um, he obviously is, you know, in my opinion and everybody in Falcons world, he's the best receiver in the game right now, as far as just raw athleticism. Um, yeah, but you can get a lot of good pieces for him. That's a lot what of good thinking. pieces for him. And he's just, I want him to go somewhere where he can just really flourish. And unfortunately, um, with his with his injury problems and with his, you know, just the Falcons just struggling in general, I I would it, it makes sense to trade him and, and try to get something for him. And even if it's just draft picks, you know. Yeah, I agree. And they got a good um, becoming star receiver who I love too. You know, I talked about him a lot last season here on the air, uh, Calvin Ridley. And he's out of the same school, out of Pema too as well. And I think he's young, and I think he, you're going to see him grow a whole lot more mm-hmm. as the number one receiver instead of the number two receiver. And there's a lot of good – I think he's going to flourish. There's a lot of good wide receivers in this coming draft class too that you could take a flyer on and just uh, and just see what you can get. You know, obviously, I don't know. There, I wouldn't have suspect them taking a wide receiver in the first round if they got rid of Julio. That wouldn't make much sense, but – um, there's some guys that you could get in the second, third, fourth round that I think are could, hey, could Alabama do a good job. Hey, Alabama got one, and I think he's going to drop in the draft, but I think it'd be a good to pick up. I think you know who I'm talking about. He's out for the year, though, for Alabama. I think it'd be a good yeah. one. Yeah, you got, you got Waddle coming out, and you got, you know, and you got yeah. Devonta Smith. So. Yep, you got both of them. Both of them come out. I think Waddle's going to drop in the draft just because it's his injury, but still, I think that would be a great pickup for him. I would, take, I would take every single player on this Alabama team right now. <laughs> yeah, Every single too. player. Yeah, you, can yeah. Give me, you can give me Mac. You can give me Najee Harris. You can give me both yeah. of these wide receivers. I would be completely content with that. Oh, um, yeah, them guys are solid. And they're going to be solid for years in, in the pros, too, as well. Yeah, Devonta Smith is really good piece. I don't know if Devonta Smith is going to play. I, I see him being more of a slot guy in the NFL, yeah. but I see I him do being too. lethal. Like, I'm a lethal, lethal wide receiver in the NFL. He's going to be a very good slot receiver. Very good. As long as he can stay healthy in the lead, I think he's going to be very good. He's going to do well. So, you know, I can see him. I can see him with the Falcons. That would be a good move for them. If they can get a cut, because, you know, they used to draft him from the Alabama boys anyway. So, uh, I'm all for it. Keep at it. Yeah. Take the SEC, guys, man. I Like I said, it's the toughest conference out there. Um, it is. You got a it team is. like Alabama which is absolutely, you know, abusing these other teams in the SEC. So, uh, 
It sucks though that Alabama's going to lose a lot of players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully they, uh, hopefully they don't. You know, I don't think it will ever happen with Saban, but hopefully they don't get a case of the LSU this year. Because um, in my opinion, there's no. I I don't think anybody's going to stop them. I think they're going to win another national championship. But I yeah, I, you've seen you see what happens when when you lose thirty some odd guys. And I, for some reason, I could see some of his. I could see Sarke- Steve Sarkeesian leaving as offensive coordinator. I could yeah. see him potentially taking a head coaching job somewhere. Um, I, I could see it too. So, and I think he will be leaving. So, I mean, but you know, that's that's saving for you, man. He keeps the rotation of great coaches and players coming, man. He's mm-hmm. he he knows what he's doing. So, he yep. learned a lot from Bill Bill Belichick. You know, a lot of people don't know he coached under Bill Belichick in Cleveland with the yep. Browns. So. You know, he learned a lot. He took him back to college, and you can't get him back into the pros like Pete Carroll. So, you know, but he's found his niche, you know, there. And I think he's going to go down as the greatest coach of all time when it's all said and done. Hey, Forest College, he just will. And I know he's had a lot of opportunities to go back to the pros as coach, but I don't think he's going to have to take it, (laughs) you know what I'm saying, with the success he's had at Alabama. You know, he has some success at LSU too as well. So, Mm -hmm. you know. I really don't think it no matters what place he goes to, what team he goes to in college football. So I think they're going to do well, period. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, a lot of room for the Falcons to grow. Obviously, we got to get two big hires with the coaching and the general manager first before we can kind of move forward. But, um, you know, this team, it's, it's, it's not going to get much worse. And I say that because we're pretty much at rock bottom right now. And uh, We are. We're, we're in a tough division, too, as well. Yeah, so you know, it's time to start moving pieces and rebuild and get yourself ready to go in a couple of years, you know. Hey, y'all boys better not let, let – the Falcons better not let Tampa Bay get a good a good quarterback, man. Definitely to back up yeah. the Hall of Famer. Because if y'all do, that's going to be a sad, sad day, man. Mm-hmm. Y'all better – because, man, I'm telling you. And then you got – you got uh, New Orleans got a good little backup you see in Hill. So you see that future coming with him, so – and Carolina got a new quarterback, so y'all got to get on the stick, man. Yep. Yep, I agree. But, all right, guys, last thing we're going to talk about, let's uh, – we haven't talked about high school football playoffs in a while. Well, we haven't talked about the playoffs at all, but they are in the Elite Eight right now. That's going to be going on tonight. Um, last week, kind of a little recap, Lowndes did defeat North Cobb. Um, kind of talking about the local teams here. Um, Lowndes beat them 21 to 13, so they're in the Elite Eight facing Milton. Uh, Milton will be at home. Parkview steamrolling everybody that they face. Um, they beat Camden County round one. They crushed East Coweta round two, so they're going to be playing Collins Hill in the Elite Eight. Um, Norcross and Colquitt County will be facing off tonight. Colquitt County defeated Walton last week, and West Forsyth and Grayson. Obviously, Grayson. Um, ranked nationally, very good team. They defeated Harrison last week, thirty to six, and West Forsyth pulled out a close one against North Gwinnett last week with a score of seventeen to sixteen. Um, and then another big one, not in seven eight tonight though. Alatuna, which is a local team, they will be facing Westlake tonight. Good luck to them. Uh, Westlake has a very 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 talented group of guys. So um, AJ Terrell's little brother is actually there right now, um, and they've got a lot of good prospects uh getting ready to go off to college so i'm gonna go out on the limb matt i'm gonna, I'm gonna take norcross over uh coca county uh i know coca county's been more experienced in the playoffs but i'm gonna take norcross because they're on the road this year they're on the road they're doing really really well so i'm gonna take them over there for us tonight's game and a lot of people wouldn't take that move but i'm gonna go norcross over coca and i'm gonna go lounge over milton um okay. And I'm going to go um, – I'm, I'm probably going to take Colin Hills over Parkview, even though I know a lot of people want to say Parkview got that game sold up, but nah. And I'm going to take Grayson over uh, West Forsyth and uh, 7A classes. Oh, that would be a matchup next week, huh? Norcross and Grayson? Yeah, it mm-hmm. would be, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. That would be something for the ages, but that's who I got. Who you got? Yeah, I got – I agree with everything – that you said, except I think I am going to go. I'll go with Parkview over Collins Hill. Um, okay, yeah. But all yeah. the other ones I, I agree with. It's going to be really – and then in the sixth play, 
uh, I got Valdosta over Carrollton. And I got Buford over Hughes. And I got uh, Lee County, which has been amazing. They, they got good football players out of that county. So I'm going to go with Lee County over River Ridge. And I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Altoona over Westlake. Altoona has been knocking on the door the past few years. And they only have one school that's really been stopping them from going all the way. And that's Harrison. <laughs> so now Harrison's is not in the 6A class no more. They're in the 7A class now. So I don't see none stopping Altoona. All right, I'll go with uh, – I'm going to take – I went to college for two years out in Carrollton, so I can't leave my boys hanging. So I'm going to go with Carrollton. I'll go with Buford, Lee County, and then I'm going to go with Westlake. I think I think Altoona is really good. I think Altoona is a really wow. good football team, but I think Westlake just has too many weapons in my opinion. Okay. Um, okay. And, West, and Westlake's the home team as well. So that's well, – yeah, so. yeah, yeah, they are tonight. So, I mean, yeah, that's a, those, those are good picks there. But the only surprise pick, you, you're going to go with Carrollton over Valdosta. Those are my boys, man. I was out there okay. for two years, a little college. <laughs> man, we would go. I mean, I don't know who all lives in Carrollton. And I'm sorry if you're listening to the show. It's <laughs> but there's not much to do out there. Um, so okay. Friday nights, man, we would just we'd go watch Carrollton football games. And oh, okay. I had really good, really good football teams when I was out there. And um, I also saw Nick Saban land his helicopter in the middle of the football field out there one time. So that was cool. So, wow. Yeah, that's got to be cool and exciting thing to have that happen. See that? Definitely. That's that's one of the coolest things that's ever happened in Carrollton history. So, um, yeah. So those are the picks yeah. that we're going to roll with. Yeah. And if y'all yeah, y'all still quarantining uh, out there, fans, you know, you want to watch the games tonight. Of course, they're playing on the high, high school network and then you're going to watch them on GPB, you know, Georgia broadcast, public broadcast. You can watch it on there, too, as well. So. Are they still going to play the uh, – Where are they playing the championships at the Georgia State Stadium still? I believe they are. Yeah. Last time I, last time I checked about a month ago, yeah, they are. So, home of the Panthers, definitely it's going to be there. Oh, let's, uh, let's plug them real quick, man. I think Georgia State's having a really good football season, man. I, mean, I do, too. They're doing a really good job over there. I do, too, and I think it's time for them to move up. Uh, when what people want I'm talking about as far as moving up, moving up into a higher division one, um, play yeah. more comp- competitive schools and they get yeah. more TV time and stuff like that. So more revenue into the school. So I think it's time. Yeah. I mean, they, they've got a chance to do something really cool. I mean, I know Georgia tech's got Jeff Collins and, you know, he's kind of bringing in a new wave to Georgia tech, but I mean, it would be cool to kind of see Georgia state step up and, and be a, a cool program. And you got all the talent in the world, within a car drive around you to go recruit. And, um, you know, you got, you, you got a cool setup. You're right in the heart of the city. Um, it, it could be a, it could be a cool situation to have, a, you know, kind of like a coastal Carolina situation this year where you got, you know, the team kind of slip, uh, sleeps up on you a little bit, you know? So, yeah, you, you're right. And they got the highest enrollment this year for any Georgia's Georgia state school. So colleges that is, so yeah. their enrollment is up and they're diverse, uh, Enrollment too as well, the most diverse college too out there. So um, definitely, man, Georgia's coming up, and I think it is time to leave that conference that they in and move up to some more prominent. You know, and I, I like what Georgia Tech's doing too. I mean, they got a couple good pieces, but they have been known for football. We know that. Uh, but I like Kennesaw what they was doing before they got shut down due to COVID. Uh, so we will have to see what they do next year. Yeah. But the Georgia the, the Georgia school colleges are doing starting to step up. Yeah, uh, Georgia State. Georgia State's going to take a big step over Georgia Southern here as far as recruiting, um, just because Georgia State's got a more, it's it's more appealable. Like it's you know it's in the city. It's not too far from everything. Statesboro is kind of out there in the middle of nowhere. It's a good football program, good school. But as far as just recruiting purposes, I think Georgia State's probably going to have a little bit more to offer. Yeah, I do too. I agree too. And it's right in the heart of the city. You got everything right at your hands to do. You know, got food places, uh, concert venue places. So really got a lot to do. Hangout places. It, it's, it's really good. And they're really, really restart that area around, around the stadium and around campus. And they're really rebuilding. They got a new dormitory. It's a high rise. It's a really tall building, man. It's really big. So yeah. they, can pull, they can build something really cool around that stadium because, I mean, most of that area, guys, around there is either really run down or a lot of it was parking spaces used for Turner Field when the Braves were there. Um, so they got a lot of space that they can use. Yeah, they're doing restaurants. It's going to be a mixed development. 
I'll say around um, the five, the, uh, I ain't going to say five points, really, the, the, we don't want to say that, but the, the, the little points area around there, around the mm-hmm. mall, mm-hmm. Uh, underground mall, they, they sold that area. So it's going to really change a whole lot, you know, a whole lot. So I don't know what the new developer is going to do, but it's going to be really cool, I heard. And it's going to be really a really good area in the next five, six years. So Yeah, and the baseball team is going to be using the blueprint from Fulton County Stadium um, to build themselves a new baseball field there. So um, yeah. you'll have the baseball field and the football field really close, and it could be a, it could be a really cool setup. Um, I think that once they get that all finished, I think, you could be talking about pulling some some bigger recruits in it than what you got. I think so too, and I like that. And I think that's their idea that they're going for, especially if they're trying to change conferences too and get out. There. I think they're in the Sun Belt. Um, they really need to get out of that one and get into some more prominent uh, conference one that they can really expand their wings. And I think they're going in the right directions, definitely. Yeah, you know, definitely. So they're right in, and plus that downtown area really needs that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it definitely does. Midtown's been growing pretty well, steadily for a while now. And, you know, everybody goes more to Midtown than downtown area. So, but I really think the downtown area needs that, uh, definitely. And that'd be. Yeah. For sure. For sure. All right, guys. Well, that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up for for today's Thanks. episode. Oh, yeah. you there? Yep, I'm here. All right, I lost you for a little bit. I was just gonna wing it and talk about all of our social media stuff just to make it sound a little better. But go ahead, finish. Oh well, yeah. Uh, that's all I was gonna say, Matt. But we're we're on. Uh, you can go to sportsbrothers.com. You can get to everything. All our pla- social media platforms is right there. Sportsbrothers.com. Definitely yep. every every social media platform and all our uh, YouTube videos. And all our we're on uh, all our podcast shows. You can find them all on our website, sportsbrothers.com, sportsbrothersatlanta.com. Yep, yep, for sure. All right, guys. Well, enjoy your weekend. Um, watch some football. Don't watch the Falcons. Well, you can watch the Falcons if you want to. Um, I don't know why you do that to yourself. They're playing the Chargers this week. Um, until the guys, we'll catch you next week, and we appreciate you listening. We're out.